I love bringing products to market. I love adding value to people's workflows. And so that's how I was like, okay, I think I got an idea and we should call it Stat. This is version one, a podcast from Code Sandbox about the product development journey of some of the web's most talked about tools and resources from the makers behind them. I'm your host, Maurice Cherry. Stat is an analytics tool that helps software teams track progress along their product lifecycle. Instead of reinventing the wheel with issue tracking, Stat connects with GitHub and Jira Cloud, presenting information in an automated real-time engineering dashboard. That's why companies including Twilio, Etsy, and Honey can now get the code and project data they need to see in one easy-to-understand place. Amanda Sabria is the CEO and co-founder of STAT, and her path into creating a software company started in a place familiar to a couple of the founders we featured this season, in art school. Let's find out more. It's 2012, and Amanda is finishing up her studies at Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD for short. It was amazing. It was one of the best times of my life. I come from two engineering parents, so to go to art school was very different, but the work, the amount of work and the effort I had to put in at SCAD was just incredible. I met incredible people. I really learned how to think creatively and strategically, and that's how I approach all my work today. I was majoring in film at SCAD, and I was sort of like, you know, being on set isn't really my thing. My dean at the time was like, you should look into product management. It has a lot of the same characteristics of being a producer. And so uh, that's how I got my start. And it was amazing. The start Amanda is talking about here was in advertising. While at SCAD, she got the opportunity to work with one of the most well-known advertising agencies in the country, JWT. My first big project was to produce a product for Sprite called Sprite Pour. And over that, we went out and we talked to about 250, 300 creators and artists. And that's where I really got my know-how on how to talk to a customer, how to figure out what they're really wanting out of a product, and then how to build something around them that's really cool, engaging, and will grow over time. Pour, by the way, is an acronym that stands for Purveyors of Urban Reality. The campaign was sort of like Instagram meets Black Enterprise meets, well, a soft drink brand. Amanda got to talk to a lot of up-and-coming creatives and document their stories. It was that project that gave me my first idea, because as we were talking to these creators, I realized that they didn't have a lot of tools to actually manage their own sort of solopreneur career. It was really in the grunt work of being a product manager, of really going out and talking to creators for Sprite, that I started to get my own entrepreneurial ideas. One of these ideas would later become the basis for Amanda's first business, which was not stat. I mean, that would be a short podcast episode if we jumped that far ahead right now. Am I right? Anyway, Amanda continued working as a digital product manager at JWT before moving to a smaller agency called Urban Group. That was an amazing time. I probably had one of the best bosses ever, Fergus Thomas and Katie Thomas. I mean, he really, really, really taught me how to 
present my ideas, narrate my ideas, think through my ideas, get them to a point where I could present them and put them in a deck and really think about them critically. And it was awesome. It was a small advertising agency. I worked across every single client that came through there, which is sort of abnormal. I really got to wear a ton of different hats. I wasn't just a product manager. I was a marketing strategist. I was a project manager. I was a creative director. So that's where I got my start in doing design work. It was just an incredible experience. And one that I tell everyone now, when you're coming out of school, go and get into a small tech company or a small agency because it will teach you all you need to know. Remember those entrepreneurial ideas Amanda had? One of them really came to fruition during her time at Urban. She put in over four years there, working her way up to become the agency's lead product strategist and analyst. Enter Partner. I got the idea for Partner while I was at Urban. I think I thought that Partner was viable because of Urban, right? I got to see how my boss built a company from three, four people up to 12, 15 people. I got to see the inner workings of an agency. It's quite different than a startup, but it's generally the same, right? You're going out, you're talking to clients, you're getting their needs, you're going, you're presenting ideas to them, and then you just keep refining those ideas until they're right. And so it's interesting because my idea of partner came separate from being in the advertising world, but I really believed that I could actually go out and build it because of my experience at Urban Group. Like the saying goes, you can't be what you don't see. When we return, Amanda launches partner. Welcome back. Amanda left Urban Group to pursue this new idea of hers called Partner, which had been taking shape in her mind since her early advertising days at JWT. Oh, and in case you are wondering, Partner is spelled with no E. P-A-R-T-N-R. Why? Because this is the internet, that's why. So Partner was a creative management tool, if you will. It was a platform where creators could manage their business, send invoices, manage their network, all of that in one app. And it was amazing. We launched it. It grew to about 2,500 users. And then I struggled to raise money. There were a couple of things that were happening. I was struggling to raise money. That was one thing, but that wasn't the core thing. The main thing was I was struggling to really successfully manage our engineering team. We had about three engineers that were working on partner at the time. It was a distributed team. And I thought at the beginning it was because I was non-technical. I came from the product management space. And so I was like, okay, maybe I just don't know the jargon around it. So that was the core problem. We couldn't ship features fast enough and at high enough quality to keep our customers happy. And then the third problem was we wanted to turn on revenue. And once we did that, the company essentially grew out from under me. And the customers that wanted to pay money were suggesting features or wanting features that didn't appeal to anybody else on the app. Those were the three biggest things that caused Partner to fail. Oh, I'm pretty sure anyone out there listening who has launched a business before knows these pains all too well. And when you're just starting out on your own and you're so full of hope and promise, that kind of loss can really affect you. 
I love partner. I still love partner. It's my original baby. It took me a long time to emotionally get over that it was failing while it was failing and to get over that it failed after it failed. I probably could have stopped working on partner a good six to eight months before I actually stopped working on it. But I think that I was a first time founder. I was young. I wanted to see it through. Yeah, it was just a big emotional journey through that time. I feel you. This was a really tough time for Amanda, but in hindsight, she gained something really valuable during this time. Perspective. Yes, she had years of experience in the advertising industry and had proven her skills there. But when it comes to starting your own business, oftentimes you just don't know what you don't know. Keeping customers happy, raising capital for the business and earning revenue are things every company has to figure out. And there's no one way to make that happen. Every entrepreneur has to figure that out for themselves. Also, every entrepreneur has to eat. And Amanda was no exception to that either. Partner was on the decline and Amanda decided to turn this setback into a comeback. I started Thought Factory and I started Thought Factory based on my experience around product management, brand marketing and buying media. And I did that because, as I said, at Partner, we were failing to raise money and I needed a way to fund my own living and then fund Partner at the time. That's what I was thinking when I started it. I started growing Thought Factory. And as I was growing Thought Factory, that's when I saw, okay, this is how you really grow a company, right? Like these are the, everything that I learned with Partner, I'm now doing on Thought Factory and it's time for Partner to dissolve. And so that's essentially what happened. I started saving money because I knew that I wanted to get back into the tech pool and start right on my second tech company. I just need to sort of rejigger my team and find the next challenge that or a problem that I wanted to solve. So I just kept thinking as I was dissolving partner, I just kept thinking this engineering process is a lot more challenging than it needs to be. And I started talking to friends that were in the software field and they started saying, no, this is felt everywhere. It's felt from developers. It's felt from engineering managers. It's felt from directors. It just stayed on my mind, on my heart of like, it doesn't have to be this complicated. And I've had my fair share of dealings with data and how it can help you get more visibility into very intricate, nuanced behavior. I just kept thinking to myself, there's got to be a way that there can be a tool that functions sort of like a co-pilot to software teams and helps them really drive the boat, if you will, and get products to market more efficiently. So it just stayed on my mind. A consultancy is great, and I admire people that go and build million-dollar consultancies. It is a different skill set all along than building a tech startup. And I think my heart is in tech. I don't know if I get it from my parents who are two engineers, but my heart is in tech. I love bringing products to market. I love adding value to people's workflows. That's how I was like, okay, I think I got an idea and we should call it STAT. After the break, STAT version one. We're back. Partner was a loss, but Thought Factory helped pull Amanda out of the dumps and out of the red and put her back in the game with this new idea, STAT. 
I knew that we were on to something with that before we got the initial traction. When we went out and we talked to about 100 engineering managers and we asked them, what are their top three biggest challenges? And every single one of them, at least one of the three was the lack of visibility of really understanding the work as it's being done. All the rest of the problems typically were a result of that core problem. And so that's when I was like, huh, okay, if this problem is this wide scale, we might be onto something here. And then the initial traction came in when people started tweeting, hey, this looks like a really neat tool. Or I started reaching out to people and they were saying, hey, I've just been looking for tools like this, or I'm trying to build my own tool, or I'm using a spreadsheet. It was those little signals that made me realize, okay, yeah, we're trying to tackle a very real problem. As of this episode, STAT is currently accepting beta users as they continue building the tool. The team is headquartered in Atlanta with team members in Seattle and San Francisco. I asked Amanda how she feels now as she sees STAT's growth. I mean, there's still times where I question if this will be successful or not. I think the feeling that I feel today is, how do we get to where we need to be fast enough? Not quickly as possible, but fast enough. And I'm in one of those mindsets where it's like, I don't want to build an analytics tool that's just for managers. It's not the business that I want to be in. I want to build a tool that really democratizes analytics for developers, for managers, and for directors, and helps them create happier, more efficient teams with data at the core. And so a lot of my thoughts are around sort of like with partner, right? How do you not overcompensate on features for the buyer, which might be a director or manager level, and oust and single out developers? Because at that point, I think it's counterproductive. And so those are the thoughts that our founding team, we think about daily almost. And so, yes, I have days where I'm like, yes, we're onto something. We're bringing a product to market that I feel really good about. And then there are days where I'm like, how far are we from being just the tool that engineering teams need? So I definitely fluctuate and I still fluctuate to this day. As we end this episode, Amanda also has some advice for early stage founders out there. Start small, really get clear on the problem that you want to solve, not the idea that you want to build. And I would say start very focused and very niche. I think with partner, another mistake that I made was I tried to be a lot for a lot of people. And that could have been a part of the engineering downfall as well. But I tried to be a lot for a lot of people and that was detrimental And so I tell everybody now, and I would tell myself, start very niche, start with one person, one type of person that you want to solve for. It feels counterintuitive. It feels very small. Like there's not enough people out there to build a million dollar business. But I was told one time riches are in the niches. And so I think that's another difference in stat now is we're very, very focused on one type of customer. And that's helped a lot. Thank you so much for listening to version one. For more information about the show, visit us at codesandbox.io slash version one. That's all one word. Or you can send us a tweet at CodeSandbox. This podcast is produced by Maurice Cherry with engineering and editing from Resonate Recordings. 
The song you're listening to now, that's I Don't Mind from Particle House, courtesy of Epidemic Sound. Special thanks to Amanda Sabria from STAT and of course the entire team at Code Sandbox. I'm Maurice Cherry and this is Version 1. See you next time.